Cecilia Castleman in the studio. Ooh, I'm very loud in my headphones. Can we turn the headphones down a tad? Is that possible? This is, okay, that, yeah, yeah, that's good. Cecilia Castleman in the studio. This is very exciting. Second interview ever? Yes. Is this the second interview ever? How'd the first one go? It was so cool. The first one was unbelievable. I was watching Thanks. it the other day, actually, with Zane Lowe on, um, on, what, on Beats One, right? Yeah. What, first of all, I always think it's interesting that he, you, he always has his artists sitting, and he's always standing, right? Is that yeah. like a little bit of a power dynamic that happens there? Do you feel a little bit like, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's a weird dynamic when he's standing and you're sitting, right? I didn't notice it. I mean, he's just on a roll. He's so great at what he does. Do they prep you for anything? Like when you go in, are you prepped at all? Or do you have any idea what he's going to ask you? Or he, he just kind of um, rolls with it? I knew the basis of the questions, but I didn't. I mean, well, actually, no, I didn't. My label told me like what they gave to him, but I didn't know anything that he was going to ask me. They so they gave him like the single and then uh, like a little bit of backstory, stuff about me, yeah. like stuff about you. And then do you kind of just walk in? Is he already there, or do you, or it does was, he come in? Like, how, like how's it work? Yeah, it was all live, and so I just walked in, and he was like three, two, one, and then we started. But that was live, live, right? Because you texted me a moment ago, and you were like, "Is this gonna be pre-recorded or live?" I was like, "No, no, no this is pre-recorded. We're not doing this live." But that yeah. was live. So there was, I don't know. Do you feel a lot of pressure there? That's kind of like. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, I just wanted to not be nervous. You came <laughs> across... It was hard to not be nervous. Was it? Because I noticed, I feel like you had this, like, very minor, like, it wasn't even a stumble, stumble but you had this, like, minor, like, uh, like you, you said, like, plural something that should have been singing. I don't know, you said something, and then you, like, composed yourself, and then it was like, she's on. Like, from that moment on, you were just like, boom, 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 like, Cecilia Castleman <laughs> is crushing it with Zane Lowe, like, just, like, confident artistic like i don't know it was a great interview i thought thanks yeah i had a great time that was one of the coolest things yeah um along with this wait have you watched it like a million times like have you gone back and rewatched um, it uh sometimes every now and then yeah but it's hard for me to watch because i catch those mistakes where i've stumbled and because i was so nervous oh but, my god uh yeah i yeah it was good I think that's going to be like archival footage. I think this yeah. is going to be archival footage also. Cecilia Castleman, Castleman's second interview. <laughs> um, also, if that was me, I'd be, I'd be watching that like three times a day, that interview with Zane Lowe. I, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty iconic. It was cool. But um, And this morning, your song was played on Lightning 100. You posted on Instagram. You were yes. you caught the song playing on Lightning 100. Yes. Did, did you know it was going to get played or were you, did you just happen to be listening um, and the I song knew- came on? I knew that it was going to get played, but I didn't know when, and so I just had it on all the, all day, um, which was great because I found a ton of new music that I love. Plus, I listen to Lightning all the time anyways, but uh, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, you're from Franklin, so the, have you been listening to Lightning 100 like your whole, your all whole, the time. Your whole life, basically, yeah, right? because they play such cool music, you know, and, and um, yeah, it was really cool. And Cecilia Castleman's added to the station. She's part of the cool music that they're playing I can't even imagine that. That's the coolest thing. You're listening to Light, Lightning 100. Were you alone or who were you with? Just uh, yourself? No, my mom was in the other room. And did you like scream and pull her in? Yeah. or And you were like, Mom, I'm on Lonely Nights is on Lightning 100. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. How did they get the record? Does the team bring it? Like, does the label give it to Lightning 100? Or like, did you have a relationship with anyone? Um, I knew the people there, but um, I haven't talked to them. But everything was supposed to... It wasn't really supposed to go to radio yet, but they added it, and so, yeah. How does that happen? Um, it's all thanks to Glass Note Records and, you know, my team, yeah. But the, the song, how, what does that mean that the song's not supposed to go to radio, but they still get a hold of it? Like, how, how does that work? Is it someone still sending it out early, or did they just discover the song somehow? Um, I think they just sent it out, and I don't know, to be honest with you. We have we have somehow lining 100s finding yeah, the music and and playing it. This is I mean I you sent me the record a couple maybe like a month or two ago. Yeah. And I instantly was like I have to have Cecilia on the podcast. I thought the record oh, was thanks. incredible. I listened to it nonstop. I don't thanks. even know how much we can talk about it about any sure. of the uh, any of the songs on the record, which I think are amazing. You played guitar and keys on the record. Yeah. Pretty much entirely, with yeah. the exception of uh. Ben 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 Montench. Ben, ben Montench of the Heartbreakers, whose name I can never say straight. I never, I always mix up the, right. his name. <laughs> but um, a legendary keyboard uh, organ player of the Heartbreakers. But um, but you sent me this record. The record was recorded with Don Waz. How does it work with Waz? Like I think there's 13 songs on this record. Yes. Did you bring in 13 songs and record, or did you bring in like 
50 songs and go through them with Don? Like, how, like, how, like how'd you pick the songs for this record? Yeah, so um, first of all, when we were looking through producers, I always had, um, I always wanted Don Was. And so I mentioned it, like, since I was 15, because I would see his name on the backs of all of these credits of records that I had admired for so long. And so um, I told my manager, I was like, you know, what about Don Was? And he was like, yeah, sure, let's figure it out. And so um, I flew up to Detroit to meet Don, um, because he he was there. He's from Detroit. And so I flew up, and we were supposed to go through songs, and I had so many. Like, I had a playlist of so many songs, all of my demos. And we didn't even, like, go through them. We just talked about music and records, and it was the coolest experience of my life because I had, you know, admired him for so long. Um, And then when I got home, we we went through the list, and I kid you not, we had the same list of songs that we wanted on the record. And he didn't even know what I wanted on the record yet. We were just talking about songs. And he goes, well, go through your list. And and so I read him out, and um, he's like, yeah, all of those are on mine. And that was it. Wait, it was but what do you mean you went through songs? I almost, it, like, were you going through your songs? Going through, yeah. All and my were songs. you playing them on just like an, a piano or a guitar? No, I had all my demos that I made in my room. Oh, so you And I just sent them a playlist, yeah. And, and wait, so and are these demos sort of like iPhone demos or is there a little bit of production on them? Uh, like, No, I did them. There's production. I did them at home. I know how to record and so you wait so you broke so you basically bring the demos you're in detroit with don you're playing through how many songs like 50 songs and uh yeah when i got home yeah we went through he went through them all and he made a list and i always had a list that i wanted i've had it for so long of all the songs that i wanted on my first record and when we went through um he was like, "Yeah, I have this one. Oh yeah, I have that one too. Oh yeah, I have that one." But when you we but same... when you got there, did you listen to the, to your music with him or did you listen to it separately? Like, did you did you give him the demos and then leave and then he, he listened on his own and then you listened on your own? Yeah. Or you knew the songs and then you both put lists together and it was like the same list. It was the same list. But what do you do when you're with him? You, we you, talked about records the whole time. You just talked about records. Yeah. And you didn't feel like I came all the way to Detroit. He's not even gonna listen to my music. We're just vibing. Well, he heard um, my music before when my manager sent it to him. Okay. And he was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "This is so cool." And so then I flew up to Detroit and met him. Um, but we were so you know, obviously fans of music, and so we just talked and, about cool records. And were you like with Don? Are you like, are you like trying to capture like a? Carly Simon thing or like a Bonnie Raitt thing or are you going for like a B-52s kind of thing like what about Don about the Don records did you see in your music that you were like this is the guy I want to trust with my music I knew he would let me do what I wanted to do I knew he wouldn't try to change I mean you listen to those records they're so individual to the artist and so I knew that I could just feel it that he would let me play what I want to play and um he would just enhance the songs because he's so great at doing that. And, um, you know, I've known about him for so long and I'm, I'm a fan of his. And so we worked together really great. I mean, we would go come home from the studio when we were recording. He would, by the way, he would pick me up and drop me off every day. What kind of car is he driving? A Winnebago. A Winnebago. A huge huge Winnebago. Winnebago. Yeah. And um, the next morning when we would talk, you know, about songs and stuff, we would have the same list of things that we needed to do. So it I, I, it was like a telepathic kind of thing. I mean, we just, I don't know, it was easy. What, like yeah. what's an ex- like what's something on the list? Like, hey, we need to do guitars today or we need to like fix this one part that's a mistake. Like, like what kind of notes are you taking when right. you're in the studio with them? Um, we, there was a thing where I did a vocoder effect on one of the songs um, that you'll hear. And it just, uh, the, the basic of basic hold on the basic track of the song was very analog and this vocoder it just didn't uh quite mesh with the song like we wanted it to and so we came back with the the next day and i just sang all the parts that the vocoder would have been and it has that you know loud chorus oh i like that so wait so you go to detroit you bond with don really this is sort of like let's see if there's like a connection some kind of chemistry if we're going to get along yeah. as people, it's almost not even about the music. It's really about, you know, um, is this going to be a safe environment to work with this person, right? To be comfortable with them. Yeah, and I, I was. I mean, 
it was very easy, you know, that's all I can say, and, um, it was super easy, and I, yeah, I just, you know, what was the question again? Sorry. The, just, so basically this first meeting is just like a vibe check, like, am I going to vibe with this person? And then is the next meeting, are you basically just, do you immediately just get into the studio with him? Or you basically, so you, you pick your songs. Right. You've got about 13. Uh, I had 50 on the list. We cut it down to 15. Cut it down to 15. And then is the next meeting with Don, are you just in the studio with him basically? It all happened very fast, yeah. Um, we would talk over the phone and he'd call, you know, we'd talk about songs that we wanted and we'd talk about, you know, musicians. And then one day he calls me and he was like, you know, I th I'm thinking Peter Palladino on bass and Abel Boreal Jr. on drums. And that's all I said. And then he goes, okay, I'll talk to you later. He, he said that. He made those recommendations. Yeah. And w and Out of the clear blue. I mean, I never would have thought that we would have gotten those kinds of musicians yeah. on the record, especially my first record. But, you know, Don is obviously incredible at what he does. And so after I got off the phone with him, I was just like in shock. Like I was like, what? These musicians are going to play on my record and I'm going to get to be in a room with them? And w Wait, so and were you in the room with them? Yeah, we tracked it all live. So what are you giving, like, Pino, like, are you giving him lead sheets or are you sending him the demos? Like, what are you showing? Like, how does he know what to play on the record? I'll tell you how it worked. So um, Don made all the charts because I just play by ear, um, and that's how I've always done it, and they're pretty much the same way. They can play anything. Um, so Don gave him the charts, and they would listen to it about twice through, and then we'd go in and cut it. In the studio, all live. And like one take? Uh, yeah. Well, I think the most takes we did was like four. We never went past four. And is it kind of perfect every time, but are you sort of just looking for like a vibe in it to be like the one that you go with? Yeah, like, we just we yeah. made sure the rhythm section was perfect. You like know, when, you bass drums. when you get f to the fourth take, do you go back and you say, no, no, actually the third take was the best take? Or like on the yeah. fourth take, were you kind of using the fourth take? Um... It varied. Sometimes we would use the fourth take, and sometimes we would use the first. We'd go back and use the first. So basically, so the first thing is, like, they come in, and they're laying basics, right? Right. And then they're going home. Like, how many days did you have with them? Um, so we made the record in a month, and we got uh, 15 songs done in two weeks with Pino and Abe. So they're coming in for, like, every day for two weeks? Every day for two weeks. Are you working weekends also, or are you taking weekends off? Uh... Sundays off. Sundays off. So every day for two weeks, they're coming in, playing the record. And that's got to be crazy because the opportunity cost for these guys of doing anything is unbelievable. Like playing, if you know, they could be playing with anyone in the world and they're choosing to play with Cecilia Castleman for oh. two weeks. They could be on the road with, uh, with John Mayer. <laughs> but screw that. Cecilia Castleman needs to make a record and we're going to get this done. So they're in the studio for two weeks and then... Do you do another two weeks of overdubs? Is that how it works? And it's just you and Don in the studio at that point? Yeah, it was me, Don, um, Kurt, or Jamie, the engineer, and Brian, the assistant engineer. And then yeah. when does Benmont come in? Uh, so Benmont, that was just a day at the village that we, we cut um, his organ parts. Yeah, that was so cool. What, so how so how's that work? Like, does he just listen to the song and kind of just know what to Same do way. and just, like, puts it yeah. down? Yeah. When you play music for so long, it's just, you know, you just have it. And why did you feel like, like, because you play keys also, like, why did mm -hmm. you feel that he was going to add something special that, like, you wouldn't be able to do? Like, does it really make a difference to have someone like him on it playing? For sure. Yeah. The thing about this record is all of these musicians are, um, they have such individuality. And so um, you can hear their presence on the song. And I think that it's super important to have different characters. You know, it's it's like a story. You know, or a movie. You have different characters to the plot, and you can hear Ben Mott. And plus, his sound is just so recognizable. That um, plus, I've just been a fan for from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers for so long. So um, when Don was like, you know, I'm thinking Ben Mott on this, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, but yeah, we went and recorded, and just the nicest you know, warmest person ever and just so talented. Does he bring his own gear or do you, does he just use the gear hanging around the studio? Oh, no. He has his own organ that he's used on, you know, all of those amazing records. Are you serious? Like, did he bring the, like, Damn the Torpedoes yeah. organ? It's the same organ that he's been using since the yeah. 70s? Are you serious? He's It's that, and does it just sound like refugee, like, it instantly when he, like, 
Turn. Oh my God, that's the best organ sound ever, isn't it? It's phenomenal. What tracks is that on? Uh, it's on Lonely Nights. No this, way. Yeah, this past single, um, it's on in about three other tracks. He's on them. I would have just put him on everything. Why? Why? Yeah. We, oh my God! Why wasn't he in the studio with Pino and everyone else tracking? Well, I, it's just the way it goes. It's the yeah. way it goes. The thing about this record is, if something needed added on, we added to it, and if it didn't, it didn't. You know, we never, uh, to be honest, we just, I, you know, we went in. I went in knowing, you know, hold on, we went in knowing what you know we wanted to do and what we were going for. You know, and I remember the first time I met Don, he was like, you know, I hear the record finished. And when I saw him the other day when I was in L.A., I was like, you know, when you said that, is this what it sounds like? And he was like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes you just know. It's just a feeling. And that's what this record is. What does he bring? I mean, he's such a legend. So I'm just trying to get a picture of this. You're in the studio with these other musical legends. And they're playing your songs where you have these demos is Don and Don's writing, I guess, lead sh- sheets, and he's like sort of maybe orchestrating a little bit. And is he saying, like, hey, like, do like, you know, play less here, play more here? Like, how is he running the session? Like, what does he do? Um, he's he's just the, the driver of the ship, you know, and he sits there and he eats his blueberries. He likes blueberries, yeah, and he, he's just the coolest, and he, yeah. He's just great. It's almost like herding cattle, you know? You just have to uh, push. I mean, he was in the room when he we recorded in the live tracking room. And, um, yeah, it was the best. He, he just has his touch, but he doesn't, you know, force anything, and he lets the music happen. And I think that's what a great producer does, you know? It doesn't overstep, you know, unless when it's needed. And, yeah, it was, it was a very natural, um, cool you know, experience. Oh my God. In the studio with all these guys, you have a very good sense of time. Like even when I watch you play on Instagram, like solo, I feel like you always have a great feeling in your playing. It's always like, it's just like a good sense of time, which maybe sounds weird, but did you grow up like playing in bands or do you always play to like, I don't know, a metronome or something? Or like, how do you, cause I just think like, this is sort of your first time in the studio playing the guitars, playing most of the keys and it all sounds so professional like when i put the record on you know the i was listening to the first track and i was like oh my god who played guitars on this like the guitars are incredible but it was you like you played all the oh, guitars yeah. and you're in the studio for the first time with these legends who have been in the studio forever and you're kind of like you're kind of like playing with them like you're really sort of crushing it oh thanks it, like i just don't understand how you do that like how do you how do you get to that level without ever you know without ever really doing it um, yeah, I've, I've always just been in my room playing and, um, I had like, uh, this pedal that has a drum loop on it. And so that's how I got my sense of time. And I think I just did it for so long that when it came time to play with a real drummer, it was just, you know, it was easier for me just cause I, I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was six years old. And so, um, you know, when you play a lot, you, you get better every day. And so, yeah, but it was fun. I mean, I never played with these, you know better musicians in my life um so it was the coolest experience and that's all i care about is 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 playing music so i mean it's gotta be unbelievable but do you play like did you never played in bands really growing up you so the first time you really played with other musicians was on this record was on this record with these legends and really it's just you and your drum loop before that and and guitar but are you self-taught in guitar how'd you learn how to play guitar uh yeah uh, so my dad's a great guitarist, um, so I would just hear him growing up, but I never got lessons. I think I just listened to a ton of records and, and you know, played along with them. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Lindsey Buckingham and, and Peter Green and Joni Mitchell, and they all have these different ways of, of playing guitar. So, uh, yeah, I just listened to records. Yeah, you're a big Fleetwood Mac fan, right? Oh, yeah. But do you like the, you like the Peter Green stuff, right? I like all of it. You like all of it. I like the first Pierre Green record. Is that the one that has OL on it? Yes. Oh, my God. I love that record. Oh, my God. I love Pierre Green. Okay, wait. So you grew up in Franklin, and you I think your first – when did you sign with Big Yellow Dog? Uh, I was 18. 18. I'm 21 now. So how, how do you get – I mean, I guess you grew up in Nashville. You probably have a lot of industry connections, but how do you get in touch with – 
Carla and the people at Big Yellow Dog. Yeah, um, Alison Krauss was a huge mentor of mine from an early age, and she still is. Um, she'd come over to the house, and we'd talk about music and stuff. So um, she was good friends with Carla Wallace, who um, runs Big Yellow Dog. And, and she brought me in there when I was 18, and I got signed that day. Is she, because, like, your dad's a musician also, like, is she sort of like a family friend, or, like, how do you get yeah. in touch? So she would come over to the house and play songs? Yeah, we would just talk about music. I mean, she's so intelligent when it comes to um, an artist's career. Um, she just she just knows that stuff. So um, I'm very thankful for her because I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't have her. You know, I mean, I was taught so much. Um, from her and the way I carry myself as an artist and the way she carries herself as an artist. I mean, she was just someone that I've always looked up to and I was lucky that, you know, she'd come over and, you know, we'd cook food and talk and, you know, laugh and I'm great friends with her son who's also very talented and, yeah, it was cool. So she comes over and she says, Cecilia, look, we need to take this to the next level. We need to get you a publishing deal. (laughs) Is it that like, is it that, uh, you know, formal or what did she just send some demos over to Carla yeah, and say, she, Carla, check, the, check this artist out. She sent demos and we had a meeting and, um, she's just like, let's just feel it out. Let's just see, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, there's always stuff, but let's just try. And so we drove over to Big Yellow Dog and we talked and, um, yeah, it was very easy. And are you playing songs for Carla and then Carla says, you know, I want to be in the Cecilia Castleman business. Uh, and then did she sign you like right away? Yeah, I just remember getting the contract and being like, all right. And were you, because I feel like you always hear these, I mean, Carla's a great person. Big Yellow She's Dog is, is an incredibly reputable company. Oh, yeah. Was it that? That's only because I feel like you have to have always heard these stories of artists signing like deals very early in their career. And then they end up being horrible deals. And when they become massive superstars, they're stuck in these bad deals, right? Like, was that going through your head, signing this publishing deal? Or did you have, like, a good lawyer look at it and you were like, this is a, this is a good deal. This is going to get me to the next level that I need to get to. Um, I just remember us all talking about longevity. And, and um, Carla and Allison, you know, it's very important to them and important to me to have a long career. Um, and so... I didn't really think about bad deals or anything. I didn't even think about a deal. I just thought about growing as an artist um, and what, you know, they could help me on. And, and um, so, yeah, I never really thought about, I still don't think about contracts. I think about records. That's all that matters, right? We're yeah. He- we're, we're here. And then, so do they then introduce you to Daniel Glass and Glassnow? Or how do you, how do you end up getting the record deal with Glassnow? Yeah. Um, about a year later, uh, they sent my music out to labels, and yeah, I talked to Glassnow, and um, I knew I was going to be signed there, yeah. So, first of all, like, are they setting up rights for you in that year? Like, are they sort of saying, like, hey, let's develop for a minute before mm-hmm. we send stuff out, or let's wait a beat? Um, I think they just wanted to see where I'd, how I could grow in, a, in that time period. So they, um, s- yeah, right. So th- I, w- I got to write with all of these phenomenal people, and... Um, you know, play around with production, go to different studios all around town. Uh, I write by myself a lot too, so um, it was just good for me creatively to step out of my comfort zone because I'm so used to being in my room and listening to the music that you know inspires me. And but it was nice to see uh, what other people were thinking. It it got me you know out of my head for a while. Really, because you get some feedback, and then is it sort of like reassuring, or you just think like, oh, maybe. You know, I am pretty good at this or like, what does that do? Um, it just opens new ideas for me. I, I love seeing how other people write and how other people play guitar or drums or bass um, because I can learn from that, you know. And I, I wrote a lot of songs with a good friend of mine now, Daniel Tashian, who wrote Lonely Nights with me. Um, and I've learned so much from him just as a musician and as a songwriter. Um, and he, I go over to his studio and he has all of this cool gear that, you know, I, I've never had. And um, he lets me borrow, you know, stuff. So it was really cool. Yeah, I've had a, a great time. There's so many talented people in Nashville. Um, and I, I, I want to meet them all. 
We're we're on a path. I know. Wait, so so Carla sends the music to Glassnote, and then do you fly to New York, and meet with Daniel, or how how does it work? Well, because of the pandemic, it was you all couldn't over go Zoom. anywhere. So I performed for them over Zoom, and we'd talk about stuff, and we were all on the same page, and you know we were like, yeah, sky's the limit. So let's just try it out. And so, uh, yeah, I got signed. I remember signing my uh, record deal contract in my room by myself. Did they mail it to you, or how's that work? Or email. do you print it or email? And then do you docu sign it or docu sign it? You docu. <laughs> so nobody was there. I know. Uh, you signed it by yourself, and yeah. then which was re- actually really cool. Yeah, because it's kind of this like very personal moment. Yeah. Right. Like, and then what? What you like pop champagne afterward? Or you, or you no. probably weren't even twenty one yet. I was um, just so ready to. The thing about having um, the team and the support system that I do is. I get really excited every time I talk to them and it just makes me, you know, want to create more. So I get on a high and I'm just like, all right. And then I write, you know, three new songs, which is a really cool way to, I'm lucky that I have a team that's, that's as cool as they are. And they're like family to me. Um, so yeah, it was cool. I just kept on writing and then I made a record. And then do, does someone at Glassstone introduce you to Scott Roger? Or how do you get Scott Roger to manage you? Uh, yeah. Uh, my label head was like, I sent my music to Scott, and he flew here, and and yeah. He, he flew to Nashville in the pandemic. Yeah. And he flew to basically just to meet you. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty wild, right? Yeah, it was crazy, because, um, my publisher Carla Wallace, she was just like, yeah, Scott Rogers interested, and I, and so I, you know, I check him out online. I just see Paul McCartney and you know all of these insane names that he does, and I'm just like. Are you sure this is right? But yeah, it's true. Do you think it's like, because I think everyone is like rallying behind you because it's just all about the music to them, yeah. right? Like, because I feel like most people come to Nashville and they grow these followings and they maybe even get 20,000, 30,000 followers on Instagram, maybe even 100,000. Like I know artists who have 100,000 followers on Instagram, but they can't find someone in town to connect with their music and nobody signs them and they never get to the next level. And it, it just feels like everyone's sort of rallying behind you because it's all about the music. Everybody just listens to your music and instantly connects with it, sees how great it is. Oh, I'm thanks. telling you, this record is like the best record thanks. I've heard this year, I think, oh, like gosh. without exaggeration. But is that kind of what, like, is that sort of what happens? Everybody's just sort of like, we believe in Cecilia as an artist, as a musician, we're going to be in it for the long haul, right? It's all about the long run. Yeah, I take the stairs, not the elevator. Take the stairs, not not the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's true. I'm in it for the journey, and I want to make a lot of records, and that's what the music is the most important thing. I'm I'm never happier than when I'm. There's n- not a feeling in the world like writing a new song, and liking it, you know. Um. So this record I'm very proud of, and it's all about the music. What's yeah. the name of this record again? Do we have a name? Self-titled. Self-titled Cecilia Castleman, yes. and did we pick a um, album artwork for this? Because in the sound, uh, the SoundCloud link you sent me, you were very clear to say that the album artwork there is not going to be the album artwork on the record. But I actually like the album artwork on the SoundCloud link. Well, I didn't. I, that was just a I stock like, image. Yeah. So do we? I know? just like things to look cool. It just looks cooler than all that the orange thing. Yeah, right. So do we have the album cover or we, we have no clue? I haven't taken it yet. I got to let it, this record is going to breathe for a minute. Um, and I have the vision there. It's just getting all the pieces together. So how did you, because didn't you play something with, um, uh, you've done some big stuff already. Didn't you play like a Stella McCartney thing? What yeah. What was it? What, what did you play? Uh, yeah, it was, so I recorded my record at Henson Studios in LA. Um, and I met one of the people um, her name's Emma. She's amazing. I met her, um, and she works for Sella. And we just got it, started talking, with, and we became great friends. And she was just like, do you want to play this? Let's show. And it was um, Sella McCartney had a new Beatles capsule collection out with all of these cool clothes um, inspired by the Get Back documentary that the Beatles, um, that just came out. And, well, it came out a while ago. But... Um, so I was like, of course I do. And I just remember the minute before I get on stage, I see like Orlando Bloom and like Goldie Hawn and all of these people. All these A-listers. Yeah. It was an insane party. I'd never been around that many uh, quote unquote famous people and, in my life. And what did you play? The Long and Winding Road. Are you serious? Yes. 
And did you play it on acoustic or piano? Electric. Just me and my electric. Why are and I assume you probably had to play a Beatles song, right? Yeah. But everyone that's, was playing Beatles. And is that your favorite? Like, why did you pick that one? I just have, I've always loved that song. I feel like that's got to be a daunting task, playing a Beatles song for all these celebrities with Stella McCartney there. Like, you can't win, right? Isn't that like, like, were you practicing like crazy the night before? I don't know. Do you yeah. just kind of wing it? Um, yeah, I practice as much as I can, but I don't uh, let it consume me. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's like... <laughs> you know, but I i mean, of course I made sure it was good, but yeah, it was the co- so cool. I'd never been, you know, to a party like that in my life, and I met all of these cool people. And and, yeah, and what do they say to you? Like, do they kind of get who you are? Or they like, do they go... Like, when then when they see you perform... Do they sort of like respond to you differently when you go back into the crowd afterwards? Um, yeah, I mean, everyone was very complimentary and yeah, it was so fun. I had the best time. Oh my God. I think that was like the coolest show that I've played so far. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. So wait, so Scott Rogers starts managing you and like, what does he do as a manager at this stage? Like when he starts, you know, he you get into his camp and then, like, does he get you in the room with big people? Like, is he the one who got you in with Dawes or did, did uh, and not Dawes, Don Waz? <laughs> or does Daniel Glass get you into the room with Don Waz? Like, like what does Scott do for you? Um, he just makes things happen. Yeah. That's him what and, a manager him and Jamie, does, right? Yeah. They yeah. just make things happen. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, is that like, hey, like, we need to hit these deadlines. We need to, and then the deadlines happen. We need album artwork. You know, they're not letting stuff fall through the crack. Like, 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 what does he even do at this stage? I think it's about looking at the whole picture. I think um, we zoom in when we need to zoom in on the picture, and we zoom out and we look at the whole thing, and we don't do anything unless it's going to be for the greater good later on. Um, and we're very strategic about, well, they are. Um, they're very strategic about um, what goes on with what I do. You know, and they don't like, let's just throw you on this just because we can. They don't do that. You know, they're they're really intelligent about what they do. And I've learned a lot from them. And do you have like because they've got such they've got Paul McCartney, right? Do you feel like can you pick up the phone and, and call them and get them to, you know, pick up? Or does it take a long time to get in touch with Scott? Oh, they're always there. They're always there. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So, OK, so the record's coming out. Do we have a date for it, or we have no clue? Um, next year sometime. Next year sometime. Are we going to waterfall these some songs? Like, we'll put some singles out or some songs out before the full record drops? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the record's coming next year. Some songs are going to come out. Lonely Nights is out now, written with Daniel Tashian. What, um, this song is very cool. This almost has, like, a, um, like a Laurel Canyon kind of vibe to it a little bit very like california i just feel like i'm driving with like you know windows down <laughs> listening to this oh my Thanks. god i love this song Thanks. but what so you wrote this and then who picks this to be the single is it someone at glass note or like this is the first song you've ever released right so right. big statement to the world to put this out you were on zane Lowe talking with you know talking about this song who's like yo this is it this is the first song we're gonna drop for cecilia castleman um we all did yeah, we all got on a call and talked about it. Yeah. And that and that's it. So you're going through the, you know, the 13, 15 songs and you go Lonely Nights. That's the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was super easy because we were thinking that, you know, if we put this out first, you know, what could come next and what could come after that? We have we always have a rough sketch, yeah. Are you worried about the sophomore curse because you've spent so much time making this first record and it is so good? How are you going to follow this up? Nobody even knows how good it is yet because nobody's oh. ever heard it. But this, how are you going to follow this up? Like, are you already writing for the next record? Oh, yeah. I write all the time. But I never say that I'm writing for the next record. I just write. Like, I didn't say I was writing for my first album that I just made. I just write. And if the songs um, are, you know, people like them, then they go on, you know, the record. So... I'm always writing. I just never, I can't put pressure on it. Like, I'm writing for this next, you know, thing. I just write. Yeah, seems like a hassle. <laughs> no, I don't it's know. Fun. I'm excited to see how everything unfolds and 
um, I care so much about the music, so I think uh, I'm always working on it and trying to, you know, get better. And yeah. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. Constantly, <laughs> always writing. It just seems like a like a grind. Really? It, d- it doesn't feel like work. I feel complete when I write. Is that like the that that that's the best place to be? Is and do you write mostly solo? Um, a mostly? lot of the time, yeah. I, I grew up writing by myself, but um, I'm always down for collaborating. And yeah, a lot of this record is um, people have written songs with me, and and some of it's you know by myself. God, I love this record. Every the self-titled Cecilia Castleman record. Everybody's got to listen to it when it comes out next year and watch <laughs> for. The songs that are going to come out. I don't even think we can, we can talk about some of these songs, but no, we can't talk about any of them. But I'm telling you, you need to be on the lookout for, you need to follow Cecilia on Instagram at what Cecilia Castleman, yeah. is that the handle? Watch the music video for Lonely Nights. Watch her interview with Zane Lowe. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, Cecilia, she's on a roll. She was going to be out on tour with the, uh, Tesky with the brothers. Teskey brothers, and didn't they get COVID or what happened there? Oh uh, yeah, his voice was messed up, and his voice was messed up. Take care of it. So what, what what are you doing now? Do you have shows on the books or? Yeah, uh, next week on the fifth and on the ninth, I'm opening for Cheryl Crow. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you doing solo or full band? Solo. Solo, just you and a guitar. Yeah. And you bring a piano too, or just you and a guitar? Just me and a guitar. And are you playing one of those old? Like, uh, what do you play? Like old airliners, right? Uh, I'm bringing a jazz master, and then I I have an acoustic there. The jazz master, I feel like, is a is very Cecilia. Oh, I feel like that's the right guitar. Oh yeah, I love it to play the jazz because it's a little bit just like it's a little bit grungier, right? It's a little bit just rawer. The yeah. t- the sounds a little edgier than like a Strat or a Tele, right? Is that, is that the case? I just like it because it's um, it's malleable. Yeah, I can make it sound like whatever I want it to, and it. You know, sounds good. God, silly Casper <laughs> with the, uh, it's, it's so good. Didn't you meet, did someone introduce you to John Mayer? Did you ever meet John Mayer? Yeah, he was hanging out at the studio when I was there. When you were recording? Mm-hmm. And does he come in, do you guys like bond over guitars or like what do you guys talk about? Yeah, we talked about guitars. Um, he'd have lunch. Obviously, he knows all the people that played on my record and Don. It's like his band. Yeah. Um, well, not all of it, but um, some of the people have played f- with him and... Yeah, so we talk at lunch, and I I was super nervous because obviously I'm a huge fan of his music. So, yeah, it was cool. And one of the last uh, days, he was like, Cecilia, let's go listen to your record." Are you serious? Yeah, I was really nervous, and I'm like, "Okay, like, what do I say? No." Like, does he give feedback, or like, did you get a sense that you really liked it? Like, like, what does he say? Uh, I don't know. That's his. I don't want to like. We're not going. We're not going to give it away. It seems like. I got the impression that he hopefully liked it. Yeah. Was he sort of just like even tempered a little bit? Uh, yeah, I could tell he was focused. He was giving it a good focus listening. <laughs> just, as he does with everything. I mean, he's so yeah. You know, such an obviously incredible musician. So. I feel like you guys would bond over guitars. Yeah, we talked about guitars. He said I could use anything in his studio. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Was, is his studio there too, or like is it the same room? Um. Yeah. It's on the same lot. Wow. Oh, my God. And so I, I would have taken advantage. Did you take advantage? Did you go over and use anything? No, because he was gone. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, was like an road. empty promise. It was like, oh, yeah, you use anything in my studio. Plus, I, I just didn't want to, like, intrude, you know. Yeah, I yeah. I want to, like, intrude on p- people's things. I You're using know. your jazz master. You're using, like, your own instruments. Yeah, I got to use a lot of Pino's guitars. That was cool. He, does he have guitars that he brings into He's sessions? He's an amazing guitarist. Really? Yeah. And does he bring guitars into the session? If we needed something, he would be like, oh, I have this. Let me go over and mm. get it. Very cool. Yeah. So I noticed this, actually, that you actually made a playlist for Lonely Nights of songs that is this. Are these songs that like are inspired by Lonely Nights or that are in a similar mood? Uh, both similar mood. And they're just songs that I've loved for such a long time. So wait, I, I want to pull up this playlist here. Um, I should have had it ready to go. Here we go. Okay. The playlist is getting pulled up of the, this is the Lonely Night soundtrack for your Lonely Nights. Um, okay, here we go. There's a lot on here, actually. Nora Jones. Nora Jones, you, I feel like your vibe with Nora Jones is very similar. There's more guitar in your music, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's guitar in hers, too. There's guitar in her stuff, too. But, okay, so that makes a lot of sense to me. 
Danny O'Keefe? I don't even know who Danny O'Keefe is. Should I know who that is? Who yeah. is that? Who is Danny O'Keefe? He's amazing. Really? Oh, yeah. Who is he? He's a great writer. From the 70s. Dan- am I, like, out, like, like, am I a weirdo for not knowing Danny O'Keefe? No, I'm probably a weirdo because I don't, you know, I probably wouldn't know your playlist. Danny O'Keefe. <laughs> Good time. Charlie's Got the Blues. It's is- an incredible song. Really? Yeah, you should listen to it. Danny, I'm gonna listen to it. Danny O'Keefe. Okay, daydreaming Aretha Franklin. That's that's of great. Course, yeah. That's great. Uh, let me touch you for a while. Allison Krauss and U- Union Station. That's good too. Sam Smith, Eric Clapton, Circus. I always love that song by Eric Clapton. It's am- that whole that, unplugged record. The I unplugged record is so good, right? I love that song, Circus. Though I don't know if that song gets enough credit. That's an amazing song. Um, Brown Eyes, Fleetwood Mac, Lindsey, Peter Green. Yeah. Need it. Half Moon Run. What is Half Moon Run? I don't know what that is. Oh, they're an amazing band. They're on really? Glass Note, yeah. Are they? I should oh, know yeah. them, right? They're really cool. Is that do they make you put that on the playlist because it's a glass note artist? No. No? Nope. Half Moon Run. Wow. I'm g I gotta check out Half Moon. They're a trio, it looks like. They're amazing. Okay, Half Moon Run, Prince, Little Red Corvette. I love that Prince song. <laughs> oh my god. New York Minute, Don Henley. That's incredible, too. Pino played on that. Did he? Yeah. That's a good... He's playing on everything, right? And now he's yeah. playing... Do you think you're going to get these guys on the next record? Is that the goal? Um, I haven't really thought about it. We're, we're in this record. We, mm. we need to live in this record for yeah. a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cecilia Castleman on the podcast. Follow her on Instagram. Her new single, Lonely Nights, is out now. This song is such a vibe. I some of my favorite songs on the record are coming though. This was this was in my top five, I would say, the Lonely Nights. And I, I love the whole thing, but some of my the, the first two songs in the SoundCloud, I don't know if the SoundCloud represents the order of the it's album. It yeah. it does. When this record drops, listen to the first two songs. Cause back to back I listened to them. I couldn't get to the rest of the record for a minute because I just kept replaying the first oh, two songs on this record. Thanks. And then I got through it. There's so much good stuff on this. There's some stuff that's like very um there's this amazing song on the record that's got these like synths and these organs on it. It sounds very eighties. It's a standout on the record for sure. It, sonically it's a little different, but it's just a very cool moment in the record. I think Cecilia knows which song I'm talking yeah. about. And um you've you gotta check out Cecilia Councilman. She's just an instant get. You know, you, you instantly listen to her music and, and you're going to get it. It's going to feel oh, new and nostalgic. And, and you're going to listen to this record and you're going to think, oh, my God, this re- this record can't fail. It can't fail. It's so good. Cecilia, she's taking time out of her day to come to the Chase studio here at the Entrepreneur Center. Thanks for taking time. Have we left anything out? Have we? Has anything been unsaid? I could keep talking for hours, but I think so. That's good. What, have, have we gotten it? What's, are you going to write later today? Are you going to write later today? Um, I'll probably go home. I got a new song I got to work on. Really? And I have to practice for the show next week. Oh, the um, Cheryl. the Cheryl Crow show. How, how much time do you have to, for that? Uh, 30, 40 minutes. So are you going to just play the songs on the record? Yeah. And you throw a cover in there? Uh, no, it'll be from the record. All songs from the record? Yep. So are you, are you going to practice? Like when you practice that, are you going to practice like standing up? somewhere like in front of a mirror and run a set for 30 40 minutes non-stop and try mm-hmm. to get through it like is that how you practice for that yeah i just go through songs my main thing is putting them in the sequence to where i don't have to, i play in a lot of different tunings on the guitar and so it's mainly me sequencing them to where i don't have to you know obviously stand on stage and retune my guitar because i don't have a guitar tech and I always tell myself, I'll know I'll made, I made it when, when I have, have a guitar, guitar tech. tech. Isn't that the coolest thing when you're at a show so cool. and someone hands the guy a guitar yeah. and pass it? Like, I've wanted to, like, I've wanted to have, like, friends of mine. Like, if I when I play gigs, I've wanted friends of mine just fill that role. Like, hey, just walk on and hand me this guitar. Right. Why do we love that? That's, that's like, it's the coolest so thing. Cool. Yeah. It just shows, like, you've freaking made it. Yeah. Right? But wait, so are you going to tune every time you need to play a different tuning uh, are you going to retune the guitar i have it i have it down to where i only have to tune twice and wh- what tunings are you going in and out of oh gosh it's just like random open tunings that i couldn't tell you the 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 notes of on the guitar and yeah just standard drop d 
down a half step, down a whole step, you know, all that stuff. Wayne, you're tuning the guitars down a half step live? Yeah. But I've done it so much, I mean, it's it's you're quick. easy now. Yeah. And do you have your, like, do you talk in between when you're tuning? Yeah. Like, because I think, you know, you've got, how many people are showing up to see Cheryl Crow? 10,000 people? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Oh, I don't my, oh my God, <laughs> you're going to be tuning in between. you got to be good at it. I'm sure you're fast, right? Yeah. Of just moving, tuning. I wish I, where are you guys playing? I wish I could come to these shows. Um, the Ledge Amphitheater, it's in uh, Minneapolis, and then the TCU Amphitheater in Indianapolis. And do you just fly out solo, or do you do you have like a tour manager, or it's just, are you just getting on a plane and flying out to these shows? Uh, yeah, my manager Jamie's coming with me. No way. Yeah, half and her- my agent Ben. Half her be your guitar tech. I know, but I just rather she's got enough to do. She's got enough to do. Other, uh, you know, she's not worrying about my guitars. <laughs> so, okay, so we're flying out. So okay, so we have to practice for that set coming up. And then we're, we've got a song. Did, did we like start the song like this week, and we're gonna finish it later today, or like? Um, I started it last week, and I've just been thinking about it all the time. But I've had so much to do that I've sadly had to put it on hold for a couple of days. Oh my god! But but this will haunt you. Like, do you start songs and you're like, yeah, it's not. But that that's great. how I know it's a good song if it's always on my mind. And I can't stop thinking about it. Then I'm like, okay, I need to finish it. And then, how do you have the drive to finish the song when you're not really going into the studio anytime soon? Is it just the feeling of completion of finishing the song and completing it? Is that what drives you to do it? No, I just have to write. It's not like, um, yeah. I mean, I the thing about when I write, if I start an idea, I have to finish it that day. So it's really me just working on the demo stuff right now. So, and then you'll write the song and finish it, and then you will track it on Pro Tools or GarageBand or... or yeah, Logic. Or Logic. And you, so you'll write the song, and then will you pull up, like, you'll put a drum loop in, you'll put the bass mm-hmm. in, and will you track everything, basically? Yep. And then do you send it to, like, if you have something really great, do you send it to Scott, do you send it to Dan Glass? Like, are you still in touch with Don? Like, do you, are you sending songs to people to listen to? Mm-hmm. Or are you sort of collecting right now and seeing what... I'm collecting right now. Yeah, because everyone's mind is on this record. And so, like, I started talking about merch the other day, and they're like, Cecilia, like, make a list. We'll get to it. You know, like, right now we have to focus on this single. And so they always put me into check because I'm always, like... On to the next thing. Yeah. What kind of merch are you trying to put together? Just merch in general or, like, anything? Wait and see. You have to... Is there a big merch idea that you have? Yeah. There's a big merch idea that Cecilia has. Yeah. This is why you you need to follow Cecilia on Instagram (laughs) so you can keep in touch and so you can see what her big merch idea is. But the single Lonely Nights is out now. So, like, what else is happening with it? Like, you're – because so it's going to radio. Mm-hmm. What's the date again? Uh, July 11th. July 11th. Besides Lightning, they've been playing it, too. Light, Thank you, Lightning. Lightning 100 is unbelievable. So, the, so it's going to radio July 11th. And then when they say, like, take it easy, Cecilia, we're in the middle of, you know, single release mode right now. Yeah. Is that – are they pushing it to stations and getting it ready or – are they trying to talk to like DSPs or are they like figuring out other marketing things? Like what, like what kind of stuff are they doing for it right now where they're saying like, Cecilia, we don't have time to do anything else other than to promote this single right now. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. They're doing everything that they can and they're amazing at it. You've got a a good team here. Yeah. They're great. They let me do what I want to do creatively. um, And they push me to be better, which is what I need. Do you have any friends who are like peers who are also in music and sort of doing like following an artist's path to the degree that you are? Like, are there people that you connect with and talk with about this? Or do you feel like you're the only one you know who sort of has this amazing team and is following this path? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I have a ton of friends that are doing so great at what they're doing in music and any other field. Um and yeah, so I talk. I'm good friends with all the studio managers at Henson. The studio managers, yeah, Fariel, Jamie, um, and um, I feel like they understand what I'm going through the most. Uh, so like you'll call them or whatever. Yeah, like, I talk to them all the time. Really? Yeah, they're the, they're the best. And you met them through recording the record. Yes, and oh, Jamie, that's very who cool. also um, manages the studio, she did all my, uh, she recorded all my vocals. Very cool, very yeah. cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I have a great friend group. They're all amazing at what they do, and uh, I could not be prouder of them all. Hey, what did you do for your 21st birthday? I had COVID. Oh, my God. Yeah, are you serious? I felt so bad. What would you have done? Um, I wanted to go to L.A., 
but obviously that didn't happen. Are you going to move to L.A.? Are you going to leave us here in Nashville and move to L.A.? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just figuring it out figuring day it out. by day. This is a cool place to be, though. Do you feel like growing up in Franklin, your music doesn't really sound, I think it sounds more West Coast, but is there something about growing up in the South, growing up in this town, do you, like, has, it, has, it, has it affected your music at all, do you think? Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, because I grew up where in Franklin, and around the time I was growing up, there's more happening down there now. But when I was growing up, it was just, you know, uh, it was very quiet and not a lot went on. And um, so, yeah, it. I think it pushed me to, I tell my manager this all the time, that I feel like a mouse on a stick on a sticky trap. And it pushed me to, you know, get off the, the sticky trap and, and really... Uh, you know, fight for what I wanted in my dreams. In this town. And I think I needed that, yeah. The, that reference is like, you're just like, sh- you're trying to get off the sticky trap, basically. Yeah. With lots of energy. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just still, I'm always, I'm ready to go all the time. I'm ready to roll, you know, and I'm, I can feel it in me now. Like, I have so much energy to, you know, like, I'd go in the studio and make a second record right now if I could. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's... I'm just so ready. Yeah, it's just... It's been a long time coming, and everything's hap- you know ha- been happening the last three years. And I sometimes think that it's been a slow, you know, roll down the hill, but it's actually been really fast. You did all the vocal comping, right, for this record? Yeah. And uh, th- this was the first time you comped vocals, right? Uh, no, I comp them all the time. I oh. went to the Blackbird Academy, oh, which yeah. is um, John McBride and Martina. They have a a school there, and. My amazing professor, Mark Rubel, he taught me so much and still does. And, uh, yeah, I comp all my vocals and make my demos. I try to, I mean, they don't sound the best, but they're what I, you know, they get my point across. Fair enough. But what what happens in the studio with Don? Do you have, like, better gear? Like, oh, yeah. Like, how do you get those to sound the best? Yeah, I mean, everything just sounds better going through a console and uh, having, you know, real drums and uh, I'm a decent bass player, but obviously definitely not the level of Pino's. So um, it's good. I just made sure the engineer was amazing, Kurt Schneider. Um, and, sh- and you know, we just figured it out, and we played around with stuff, and we'd rent gear, and it was the coolest, yeah. What do you rent? Like, does Don just say, hey, check out this. I'm going to go rent this. And does he just show uh, up with yeah. cool stuff? Like, I mean, is that is that what happens? Yeah, we rented, like, this 56 Telecaster. And, like, Are you serious? insane 60s Rickenbacker and just all this stuff. And is that on the record? Uh, yeah. Wow. And I got to play Pino's old um, Riviera Epiphone which is really cool. It's like so heavy. No way. Yeah. How much gear do these guys show up with? Tons of of gear? I guess two weeks at the studio they're just like they just bring it in and they just leave it there, right? Yeah, and they were so kind to me. They let me use whatever I wanted. Wow, that's so fun. It's so fun. Oh my god, we gotta get you back in the studio. I, know, I feel I'm like ready. it's gonna be like too long. What's it gonna? It's gonna be like another year. Um. Yeah, but right now I'm focusing on this record because I'm so proud of it. I mean, I listen to it all the time, and I can't believe that it's mine, and that I, you know, it's just like a, a gift that keeps on giving. And still, oh, self-titled Cecilia Castleman. Yes. I think this album's gonna be big. I think people are gonna be talking okay. about it. I love this record. You've got you have to follow Cecilia Castleman on Instagram. Again, her new single Lonely Nights is out now. This is this song is a vibe. You have to listen to it. Thanks. Go see her open up for Cheryl Crow. <laughs> she's she's not going to have a guitar attack. You're going to see her tuning her guitar like a crazy person <laughs> to hit all these open tunings and down a half step, up a half step. It's going to be a nightmare, but it's the inconvenience that she's going through to get these tunings that's going to make the performance worth it. You need to go see this. And uh, Cecilia, thanks for coming on the podcast. And we'll have to have you on again at some point. Once the music's out, once, you know, I feel like there's a lot to talk about here. I think this is going to be an archival thing. Cecilia Castleman's second interview ever on the podcast, on, on the show. Thanks for coming by. Thanks. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks.